All right? Go ahead. Go like this. Put a hand over here. I'll go like this and go click. All right. We're ready to go. So we're in the Gospel of John, and we've been walking chapter by chapter through this powerful history of the life of Jesus. And uh, as we begin today, I want us to think together, and I want to ask you the question, how often, how often do you think about heaven? Right? How often do you think about heaven? Maybe every day. For some of us, it feels like, yeah, it's getting closer, right? Uh, for some of us, we're like, hey, I want to go to heaven, I just don't want to go now, right? <laughs> one more one more perch or one more walleye, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Or what, and when you think about heaven, what, like, what pictures come to mind? Maybe it's this picture, right? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like some of the pictures, some of the images that come up in our mind, even things perhaps that we've just thought or the way that maybe um, the, just the world kind of portrays heaven, the hopes of heaven, like, and, and if you're like me, you're like, if, if that's what it is, like angels and harps and clouds, like, I don't know, like, that's so, so other to our regular here and now everyday physical life. It doesn't sound real intriguing if that's our picture of heaven, but I want to assure you that like our picture that we often have of heaven really oftentimes does not compare with the, the actual picture that is described throughout the pages of Scripture, of what heaven is really like. In fact, in our core passage today, we're going to be in John chapter 14. And in this passage, Jesus says, in my, my Father's house, there's many rooms, and I'm going to prepare a, a what? A place. Not a cloud. <laughs> Not just some surreal, float-around environment, but a place. A tangible place of some sort. I, I mean, I, we don't know all the details, and there's still lots of questions, but a place, a real place. And, and every one of us longs, I mean, he, he says, in my father's house, like a home, like, it don't, 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 don't we all long for a sense of home? And we, we all know that just having a house, even a beautiful house, it doesn't make it a home. You can have, have the, the biggest mansion and feel completely alone. What makes, what makes a house a home is not the house, it's, it's who's there. I love the way that Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, puts it. He says, even... Even if the worst thing that can happen is your death, it is ultimately the best thing that can happen. For we all long for a place that is truly home. And Jesus says, it awaits us. And today, Tim Keller, he knows the truth of those words that he spoke more than ever before. Because of his faith in Jesus he is finally home. And what makes heaven home is Jesus, the presence of the Savior. So I want us to, to land in John chapter 14, and we'll put the verses on the screen for you, or you can follow along in your Bible or Bible app on your phone. And these are Jesus' words. Often we, we read these at, at a graveside service or at a funeral, and yet we want to speak to the living right now, while we still have a choice in the matter. 
And here's what Jesus says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now, just pause there for a moment because the context is in the chapter before, Jesus has just um, explained to his disciples that he's going to go away. And they, they're kind of confused about all this. They don't fully understand it. But now they're, they're upset and worried. They've spent all this time with Jesus. And now Jesus is going away. And, and, and so their hearts are troubled. And so Jesus addresses their troubled hearts. And he says, don't be troubled. Instead, trust. It's a great reminder to us that anytime our hearts are troubled, it's an opportunity to trust. And some of you in this room, you're going through troubles or you have been through troubles, or there's troubles coming at you. And troubles are an opportunity to trust. And, and Jesus says, while you're feeling troubled, don't, you don't have to be troubled. Trust. He says, trust in God, trust also in me. And then he tells them why they can have a deep sense of trust and peace, even in the midst of their anxiety and, and, and struggle. He says, there are more than enough rooms in my father's home. He points to a home, a home that every single one of us deep down inside is longing for in the very presence of Jesus. And he says, there's more than enough room for you there. It says, if this were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a what? Place for you. He says, you guys, I'm going away, but you don't have to worry. You don't have to be troubled. Trust me. There's, there's plenty of room for you where I'm going. And in fact, Jesus says, I'm going there and I'm preparing a place for you. This is what mind boggles me about Jesus. You know, we see Jesus, the king of the world, the savior, the Messiah, bending down and washing people's feet. And now, now he's, he's going and like getting things ready in this other home for his disciples, which includes all people that put their faith and hope in Jesus, which if you're here today and you're a believer in Christ, that includes you. Jesus is preparing a place for you. My father-in-law, he was so handy. And when he passed away, we always joke like, hey, Jesus, he's got your lawn covered up there. And uh, oh, he'll fix it. Like, he'll, he'll handle it. He'll get it ready. Like, I, I, I strangely want to think somehow that my, my, my father-in-law is up there helping Jesus prepare my place, like, getting it ready. Um, Lisa's grandpa, oh, man, even more handy. Like, just the craftiest. I mean, he could just build anything, fix anything. Like, but Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place. I'm getting something ready, a place, a real place, a tangible, a tangible place. And he says... And when everything is ready, I will come and get you. Wow, if there was a reason that we can have hope in the midst of troubles, Jesus is saying, there's plenty of room, I'm preparing a place, and guess what? I will be your personal escort. He said to his disciples, I'm going to come and get you. And then he says, I'll come and get you so that you will be with me always. You see, this is what makes heaven home. It's the presence of Jesus. This is what we were created for, you know. When, when God created Adam and Eve, the Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the day. Like there was no separation. There was no brokenness. There was, there was just God and humanity in, in loving community. 
That's what God longs for you and I to experience. So the question is, well, what's wrong? Well, something, something broke that relationship down. It's called our sin, you know, and Adam and Eve, and they go their own way and do, the, do their own thing, and it changes absolutely everything. But that is still God's heart. And so even when we think about heaven as this place far and away, actually the, the teaching, the whole teaching of Scripture is that this place is going to reconnect with the world that we live in. Like the story of Scripture is from creation and, and the fall of mankind, and then Jesus goes to the cross and redeems, and, and we're in the process of being redeemed to ultimately to a grand restoration that what began in the garden, the Bible describes as will end in a city. In fact, the book of Revelation, John has this vision into the future of the second coming of, of Jesus the Christ. And John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So the, hey, listen, our understanding of heaven and this earth is that this is temporary. And even heaven is a temporary place that's going, now look at it. For the old heaven and the old earth have, passed, have disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw, look at it, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, and look what it said, look, God's home is now amongst his people. So if you've ever thought, man, heaven, it seems so far and away and ethereal. We don't have to worry. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place. And that this place, eventually he's going to bring it to bear upon this earth. His, his kingdom upon this earth again, with God reigning with humanity once again. He says, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And it goes on to say, and there will be no more tears or crying or shame or pain. That's the home that all of us are longing for. And I love it. Jesus says, and you know the way to where I am going. But there's one, one bold disciple. He's like, uh, Jesus, no, we don't. Thank God for Thomas. Thank God for the Thomases in the world. Like, I remember when I was in Bible school, and uh, I didn't know much about the Bible, and I'm in this Old Testament survey course, and they're, they're talking about all these stories. And deep down inside, I was like, I don't know this story. And, but everybody else seemed to know the story, and I was too chicken to raise my hand and be like, um, what's that story about? Who's, who's Sam? Wait, who's David? Like, what happened? Tell me again. And, and, and Thomas is bold enough, courageous enough to just like, hey, Jesus, wait a second. We're confused. We don't know where you're going. We have, in fact, we have no idea where you're going, Thomas says. So how can we know the way? And I love it. Thomas asked just an honest, bold, clear question. And Jesus gives Thomas a bold, clear, honest answer. And this most infamous verse, John 14, verse 6, and Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one, he says, comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was saying, listen, there's a home. I'm preparing it for you. There's plenty of room. And you know the way. And Thomas said, well, I, we don't know the way. And then Jesus says, 
don't worry, Thomas. You don't have to be troubled. I am that way. Not, not, not a way, not one way. Jesus said, I am the way. Now that's, this rubs some people wrong. This rubs our culture wrong, right? We live in such a kind of pluralistic society, a relativistic culture that just says, and, and wouldn't it be nice if we could just say, man, you know what? All roads lead to heaven. And you know what? Just be a good person. Just kind of believe in, a, in God or a higher power out there, and we're all going to be good. But Jesus gives a clear response, and it's a clear response not just for Thomas and the disciples, but it's for us. It's for you, and it's for me. And it's for a world that's wondering about eternity and any hope of heaven he says, I am the way. This is one of Jesus' great I am statements, that we, one of seven that we come across in the Gospel of John. And Jesus says, I am that way. It leads us to a bottom line truth this weekend, that only Jesus can, only Jesus can be the way. I mean, he either is the way or he's not the way. There's no other options. It, it, it's, 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 it's just objective Truth. And when you think about it, life is full of absolutes, and yet our world doesn't like the absolutes. And sometimes, truth be told, we don't like the absolutes, right? We like to just live in the gray or just kind of like, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. Like, and yet we live with absolutes all the time. Like, for instance, you are either here or you are not. Now, you might tell me, oh, Todd, we're with you in spirit. Okay, but you aren't, you aren't here, right? I mean... I appreciate the sentiment. Maybe it means you're praying for me. But like we, we, are, we are human beings. We have a spirit, but our spirit is connected to our body. And when it's not, that means we've died and we've gone someplace else. And so if we're anywhere right now, we're in our human body. We are here. <laughs> it's objective truth. It's just, it's just a reality. We, we can't be in more than one place at one time. There either is a God or there is not. I mean, we, and whatever you believe about that, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't believe that there's a God. Okay, well, either you're right or we're right. And, and it can't be both. Or there's either a heaven or there is not. I mean, if, if all of this at the end of my days was for nothing and like either we all make it or we, I don't know, well, then fault me for believing what I believe, but... There's got to be a truth. There's either life after death or there is not. All of us, all of us, Christians, non-Christians, our culture, we all believe in absolute truths. It's just we don't like it when, those, when there's an absolute truth that kind of goes against the grain of our own humanity, right? And Jesus, when Jesus says, I am the way, it is very exclusive. It upsets people. Like, are you really saying that that Jesus is the only way to heaven? And I'm saying, no, I didn't say that. Jesus said it. Jesus said that. So when, 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 if, if I'm offended, if we're offended, or if the world is offended, they're not offended at you, they're not offended at me, they're offended at the very person of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. He's the only way. In fact, he went on to say, there's only one way to the Father, and it's, it's through me. And so we can, you know, some people like to think, well, all, aren't all the religions basically the same? 
Um, and in fact, I think this, either this fall or this winter, we're going to offer an apologetic class about world religions. And what we'll, what we'll see, what we'll discover is that, uh, well, they aren't all the same. There, there's similarities. Like, most religions have, like, a, a sacred text. Most religions have songs, music, uh, most religions have some forms of prayer, but at the very core of each of those religions is a, is a foundational truth and what that's built upon. And Jesus is the, the way and the truth. And Jesus says, man, those other religions, there might be some good elements, but I'm the only way. I'm the only way to the Father. I'm the only way to this home that we all long for. Only Jesus can be the way. Well, then he goes on to, to make another bold statement. That he says, not only am I, I the way, he says, I am the truth. And again, in our culture, like, we, 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 don't, we don't like to believe that there's objective truth. We just, we want to all, you know, you believe what you believe and I'll believe what I believe. And what's true for you may be true for you, but what's true for you may not be true for me. And yet there are just some things that are true, like two plus two is four. I mean, right? Or am I off? I, don't, I'm not, I mean, I'm not that great at math, but if I keep it in the low numbers, I'm okay. Right? Two, two, yes, okay. And Jesus said, I'm the truth. In a, in a world where, man, it's, it's hard to know sometimes what to believe, right? And some of us have been, you know, hoodwinked in, 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 into believing certain things. You know, it might not, might not have even been religious things. It was, you know, somebody... Uh, that, you know, said, oh, you know, well, if you just get in on this deal and, you know, it's, you're going to be set and, you know, and then, and then, like, you lost all your investment or, you, or, or you, you know, somebody told you one thing and, and so you believed them and you trusted them and then that didn't turn out and it wasn't at all what you had thought it was going to be. And it's, so then it's like, well, what do I believe? Who can I trust? And Jesus, in the midst of all that then and now, he says, I am the truth. And I, listen, here's what makes Jesus different. If, if, a man, if a man says ahead of time, I want you to know I'm going away. In fact, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be crucified. And after three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. And then he actually does it. Well, that's the guy that I'm going to believe. <laughs> Right? The resurrection, it's, it's part of history. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saw Jesus after he resurrected, as he, after he came back to life, and not just religious people. And so when Jesus says, I'm the truth, he's a truth that we can trust. He proved it. So only Jesus... You guys that see this, it's only in Jesus. Only Jesus can be the way. Only Jesus can be the truth. And then he says, and I am the life. I am the life. Now, all of us here uh, sitting today, where we are alive, we're living, breathing, like, take, go ahead, take a deep breath. That feels good, right? You're alive today. And, and the people that you rub shoulders with all week long, your family, your friends, your coworkers, they're, they're alive. And yet, and yet some of us in this room know that it's possible to be breathing but not really be living. 
We might be breathing, but inside we feel like we're just dying. We're wasting away. Like there's no, there's no purpose. All the, the, these core questions of life, like what am I here for? What is this really all about? That's, that's the, the real life that Jesus is saying, I want you to discover your, your life, your, your purpose in, in a relationship with me. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, but I came to give you what? Life. Life abundant here and now, not perfect, no. We're, we're still living in this broken world, but, but like a purpose-filled, abundant life and a life that is eternal, a life where there's a promise of a home in the presence of God forever, like real life. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Only Jesus, only Jesus can be the life. And, and when we discover our life in Jesus, it changes everything because Jesus starts to change us. And Jesus says the, the effects of this can be profound. Look at what he goes on to say to his disciples. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, he says, will do the same works that I have done and even greater works. Now, I read that, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second here. Like, Jesus did some crazy, miraculous things. And so what is Jesus saying here? I think, in part, Jesus is saying, listen, when Jesus was here, he was limited. He, he walked this earth, but he was here only for three years. Even Jesus had his limitations. He could only accomplish, do so much. And I think Jesus is um, kind of pointing to his bigger mission in the world that he's put his people, the church, in charge of. Even greater things Jesus was saying, listen, the greatest thing, the greatest thing is for a person to understand who Jesus is and to turn their life over to him, to confess their sins and find forgiveness and freedom and hope and a whole new life. That is the greatest miracle. And Jesus said, listen, my people, you, you're going to do even greater works than me. The gospel, the good news is going to spread and more and more people. And this is what's happened. And this is why there's people in Portland, Ohio today that, that believe in Jesus because the gospel spread, greater works happened. And, and by God's spirit, many, many people have believed, but many, many people are still wondering and, and considering, like, is this all real? And is there hope? And is there life after death? And is there a heaven? And Jesus says, listen, you can ask anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son might bring glory to the Father. Jesus was so not about himself. He was about pointing to the Father. And he says, if you ask it in my name, which means like according to his will, like what he would want, and he wants you. He wants this world. He wants your neighbors. He wants your kids. He wants your friends. He wants people to know him because he's the way. He's the truth and he's the life. And Jesus goes on, he says, and all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come, what? Make our home with each of them. So if you've begun a relationship with Jesus, and yet you don't feel close to him, you don't feel like you're at home with Jesus, it could ha have to do with the connection between love and obedience in our lives. And Jesus is saying that that. It's like Jesus is the only one that connect the, can connect those two things perfectly in, in harmony, love and obedience. He says, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own because he was speaking from the Father. He says, what I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me, and I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. Only Jesus can connect 
love, and obedience. Only Jesus can. And the two are connected. I, I think of, of Jesus' words in, in Luke chapter 6 as he's telling the story. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Or, or John 14, 5, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. My friend Matt Gassner used to say, I don't like that verse. I don't quote that verse. I said, why? He said, because of what it says. I'm, I'm hesitant to say I love Jesus because I know my life. I know my actions. He was sensitive to that. And Jesus is saying, if you love me, it's going to change your life. It's going to lead to obedience. Now, this does not, listen, this does not mean that we have to obey in order for Jesus to love us. Jesus already has proven his love for you and for me and the world. He, he gave his life away. It's that when we have experienced that kind of love, it should lead us to want to obey. Because if, if there's somebody that's given their very life, their last breath, for me and for you, I would say it, nobody else has ever died for me. He, man, he deserves everything, you guys. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. Only Jesus can connect love and obedience. So, and it leads us to our last really step of faith today, and that's that only Jesus can save us. There, there is no other hope that I know of. There is no other hope that I've discovered. And so if Jesus is the only way, then we need to quit trying to somehow pave our own way to heaven. And if Jesus is, is the only truth, if only Jesus is the truth, then I need to stop believing the, the world's lies. And if only Jesus is the life then I want to discover, and we, you ought to your life and living for him, because I'm telling you, there is, there is no greater life. And if only Jesus can connect love and obedience, then I want, to, I want that kind of love and obedience in, in my life. And I, I want to live that out before my own family and friends so that they too can experience that kind of love and that kind of life change. And if only Jesus can save us. And I want to ask him to save me and help me point others to him. Now I know we're a pretty religious area. There's churches all over. And, but religion is not the way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way. It's possible to be religious, to be good, you're probably better than, a lot better than me. But it's possible to be good. It's possible to be religious. But never begun a real living relationship with Jesus. Only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. And so as the worship team leads us in a song, I just want to challenge you and encourage you. If you're here this weekend and you've never given your life to Jesus, Just take a risk today. Just take a risk today. Step out. And say, oh, Jesus, I'll try. I'll, I'll give you a try. I'm going to confess my own mess-ups and mistakes, and I want to put my faith in you. 
I'm, 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 I'm stepping out for you. Or maybe you're here this weekend and you just feel not at home with Jesus. You, just some, you believe in him, you, you, but something's gotten in the way and you're not at home with him. And, and you just need to say, Jesus, I, I need to come back to you. I'm, something's missing and I'm sorry and I want to be close to you again. Or maybe you're just here this weekend and you're just hurting and burdened and you're, you're troubled. And it's only in Jesus that we find the peace that we need in the midst of the trouble. And so as the worship team plays, I'm just going to invite, we have a few prayer team members and elders, and they're going to come forward and they're just going to be up here and we're not going to make you feel awkward or weird. You can sit down in the front row, there's chairs there and we're just going to worship and we're here to pray for you and with you. And then in a few moments, when the song ends, Spencer's going to dismiss everybody and those that are, need prayer or need to make a decision, we'll stay here with you and just pray for you and pray over you. I'm going to invite our whole church family right now just to bow your heads and just close your eyes and pray with me. Lord, this is why we are here. Only Jesus. And there may be somebody here that needs Jesus today. We pray that you give them a holy courage to step forward towards you and those that are hurting or just need prayer or, or are feeling distant and need to reconnect with you. Jesus, give them a holy courage and move in our midst as we turn to you together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.